Hello and thank you for taking the time to join us on It Is Written Canada. You know, many people are concerned about eating healthy, but finding a credible source for dietary information suited to someone who is not a healthcare professional can be very challenging. There's all kinds of fad diets out there. Who do you believe? Our guest today is Dr. George Cho. Dr. Cho is a licensed naturopathic doctor who practices in the Greater Toronto area. He also works in the Exercise Physiology Department at the Cleveland Clinic Canada. He is a member of the American College of Lifestyle Science and the Canadian Society for Exercise Physiology. His practice focus is on lifestyle medicine. Dr. Cho is also part of a community of Christians known for their good health and longevity called Seventh-day Adventists. And throughout the world, they are classified as one of the blue zones because they're one of the world's longest living people groups. Interestingly, they get many of their health principles from the writings of a woman who wrote so prolifically, and her name was Ellen White. Today we are going to ask Dr. George Cho to explain to us whether the writings of Ellen G. White are credible when it comes to the area of health. So Dr. Cho, thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. It's always a pleasure to have you here with us. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. Cho, can you tell us who are the Seventh-day Adventists and who is Ellen G. White? So Seventh-day Adventists are uh, as a global community of Christians mm -hmm. and uh, some unique features is that um, they, they worship on Saturday mm -hmm. um, but they also have a strong emphasis on health mm -hmm. and uh, they believe that uh, health is very important in worship to God and uh, they get a lot of their health principles from Ellen G. White and Ellen G. White is a, is a woman who lived in the mid-1800s to, uh, to the early 1900s. And Adventists believe that she was God's messenger to give guidance and instruction. And one of the main uh, roles that she had was in writing. Mm -hmm. And she wrote on a lot of different topics, but especially uh, on the topic of health, she wrote a lot. And uh, we believe that those writings um, are, are inspired by God. So Dr. Cho, you, you are a doctor, so looking at the research in this area of nutrition, um, is what she says a credible source? Uh, even more so now. Uh, so when you look at the scientific evidence that's coming out in the last few decades, uh, it confirms so much of what she's written about the topic of human nutrition. So when she was writing back in the day, um, you know, the doctor was a little bit skeptical and un uh, understandably so, the science hadn't caught up, but now it's definitely catching up. 
and it's really confirming a lot of what she wrote about human health and especially nutrition. Mm -hmm. So let's let's look at something that she wrote about. So one of the things that she really went into was um, eliminating um, flesh eating or eating meat yeah. from your diet. So I'm just going to look at one of the statements there, or a couple of statements, and this is from a book uh, called Ministry of Healing. So it says, flesh was never the best food, but its use is now doubly objectionable since disease in animals is rapidly increasing. And here's another one. It says, grains, fruits, nuts, vegetables constitute the diet chosen for us by our Creator. These foods, prepared in a as simple and natural a manner as possible, are the most healthful and nourishing. So would you say that that is accurate in terms of the scientific research that we see today? If you look at the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, uh, this is not an Adventist organization. This is thousands of doctors and uh, uh, researchers, and they have what are called six pillars of lifestyle medicine. Stress management, good social connections, uh, sleep, avoiding toxic substances like you know alcohol and tobacco, and the sixth one is nutrition. And for the nutrition advice, they say whole foods, plant-based eating pattern. So specifically, whole foods, plant-based. And why they do that? They didn't read Ellen White. They're they're reading the science, mm -hmm. and the science is compelling them to conclude that a whole foods, plant-based diet is really the best way to go. So I believe that it's extremely credible. And if you look at the different iterations of the Canada Food Guide, mm -hmm. right? Uh, way back in the day, they had a section called meat. Then they had a section for dairy. Then they switched that to meat and alternatives, dairy and alternatives, milk and alternatives. Now in the most recent iteration of the Food Guide, they completely eliminated meat and dairy. And now it's just grouped together with other plant proteins. So you can see that and what's the, what are they doing? They're not reading Ellen White, they're just reading the science. Mm -hmm. And even with that alone, it's compelling them even to move their uh, recommendations toward a more plant-based eating pattern. So uh, when you look at the science today, it's becoming very more uh, clear that plant-based eating is really the way to go. And that might be a, a new thing for some people listening to that right now. They might be thinking to themselves, hey, I thought you get protein from meat, but you're saying you can get protein from plants. In the Canada Food Guide, they specifically say uh, choose plant-based proteins. It's okay. very interesting. It's very different, right? So they're not they're in the Canada Food Guide. They don't they don't say completely go plant-based, right? They don't mm -hmm. say that, but they say choose. If you're going to choose, try to go for more plant-based sources. So mm -hmm. these are not Adventists. These are this is the Health Canada, right? This is the right. Canadian Food Guide. So right. um, it's it's becoming abundantly clear that you can get most of your nutrition from plant-based foods, including protein. So, Dr. Cho, it seems that um, Ellen G. White said that um, eating flesh or eating meat is objectionable, which means that, um, that she could be saying that eating meat and eating vegetables are both healthy, but eating plants is more healthier. But she's actually saying that eating meat is unhealthy. Right, yeah. So what's your viewpoint on this? Yeah. I believe she's totally accurate. If you look at the scientific evidence today, I believe it's really confirming that. So for example, a lot of people think that type 2 diabetes is just sugar, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not true. Uh, I mean, sugar is an issue, right? But they found evidence that 
the more meat you consume, the higher risk of type 2 diabetes. And there's several reasons for that. For example, uh, meat is high in heme iron, which is a pro-oxidant. It causes oxidation, causes inflammation in the body. Mm. So meat consumption is linked with type 2 diabetes. Meat consumption is also linked with increased risk of cardiovascular diseases, right? Coronary artery disease, stroke, and even in the realm of cancer, um, you know, the World Health Organization has an arm called the International Agency for Research on Cancer, mm -hmm. and they classify different things as carcinogens. And processed meat is a group one carcinogen. Mm -hmm. Group one is a definite known cancer-causing agent. Mm -hmm. So processed meat is a group one. Red meat is a group two carcinogen. That means it's a, it probably causes cancer. Mm -hmm. So uh, the evidence is becoming more and more clear that populations that tend to eat more meat in the diet, the risk of chronic diseases, the prevalence of chronic disease is going up, mm -hmm. right? Whereas if you look at uh, populations where they don't eat as much meat, the, the chronic disease rates are much lower, right? So that tells you that there's something about eating meat, you know, whereas whole grains, be, uh, beans, nuts, fruits, vegetables every day, no one's going to argue that. That's healthy. Right. right. But then with meat, it gets kind of iffy. Everyone's like, okay, how much is enough? And, yeah. Right? So it tells you that's because there's some health detriment, right? The, the question is, so if we take out meat, can we adequately meet our nutritional needs? Right. right? And, and, the, and the answer is yes. And I have here right now the, the position paper statement of the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics. Mm -hmm. So that represents the dietitians in America. So this is a very credible organization. They have a position paper. And a position paper is when basically a bunch of experts get together and they say, they look at the research and they say, this is our position. Okay? Mm -hmm. And they have a position paper on vegetarian diets specifically. Mm -hmm. And I want to read to you their uh, position, just, just, just a summary. It says, it is a position of the academy that appropriately planned vegetarian, including vegan diets, mm -hmm. are healthful, nutritionally adequate, and may provide health benefits for the prevention and treatment of certain diseases. These diets are appropriate for all stages of the life cycle, including pregnancy, lactation, infancy, childhood, adolescence, older adulthood, and for athletes. Mm -hmm. So here, this is a very credible organization with a position paper saying, very clearly, you can meet your nutritional needs at all stages, pregnancy, lactation, childhood, uh, and older adulthood, right? Even athletes, mm -hmm. right? So, and what's making them say that? Well, it's the evidence. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that, uh, you don't need to be on a meat-eating diet to get all your nutritional needs. You can be on a plant-based eating pattern mm -hmm. to meet your nutritional needs. I mean, the Canadian Pediatric Society, so mm -hmm. this is, uh, this is not like a bunch of moms that got together. This is, yeah. let's see, let's, this is pediatricians. Yes. And they have a position paper similar to this yeah. on plant-based eating for children. Mm -hmm. They say almost, it's almost exactly the same. They say for all stages of childhood, mm -hmm. plant-based eating, like vegetarian and vegan diets can meet their needs. Awesome. So it's, uh, things are shifting in the medical and the health world. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're recognizing plant-based eating is, is you can do it. For mm -hmm. sure, yeah. Absolutely. So, Dr. Cho, um, Ellen G. Watt also suggests that we need to keep our meals as simple right. and as natural, natural as possible. So that seems like she's suggesting that we need to eat a lot less processed foods. Is that correct? So again, that, that demonstrates how far she was in advance of the science, right? Because Right now, uh, science, scientists are realizing that ultra-processed food, that's the word that they use in the research, ultra-processed food is detrimental to health, right? And she was saying that way back in the day. She was talking about how we should be eating whole wheat instead of 
refined grains, right? And she was saying that eating too much cakes, jellies, custards, and that type of thing wasn't helpful for you. She also spoke out against, you know, cheese, which is a very highly processed dairy product, right? And that cheese is not very good for you. So, again, even in that area, um, she's really well advanced of her, of her time. And like I said, when you go back to the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, they, the words that they use is whole foods, plant-based, mm -hmm. right? So basically, exactly what she's saying, minimally processed plant-based foods. So friends, you might be listening to Dr. Cho and thinking to yourself, how can I possibly eat a plant-based diet that really tastes good? Well, if you go to our website at itiswrittencanada.ca, you can find lots of cooking shows where we share with you lots of plant-based recipes and how to prepare those recipes. Yes, and right now we want to share with you a recipe for making soy and gluten-free sprouted chorizo for tacos, nachos and burritos. That sounds yummy, sounds doesn't really it? really good. So take a look at this. Welcome friends. We're here experiencing life in the kitchen. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Mary. I'm Nico. And we're going to be making something really special today. Yes, we're going to be sharing a chorizo recipe with you today. So what is chorizo? So chorizo is a Mexican sausage um, and it has a lot of flavors and it's used in a variety of different ways. Um, but today we're going to be making a plant-based version of that using uh, the same spices that are traditionally used in chorizo but uh, using it with garbanzos and lentils to have a whole foods plant-based chorizo. Wow, that sounds great. So let's get started. Okay, well first we're going to start off making our adobo sauce. So the sauce is what's gonna give it all that flavor. We've got lots of spices, and so we're gonna blend it all up in the blender to make our sauce. So our spices include a tablespoon of the dried guajillo powder, a quarter teaspoon of cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon of ground clove, a teaspoon of cumin, a teaspoon of oregano, half a teaspoon of thyme, two tablespoons of paprika, two tablespoons of smoked paprika, and a tablespoon of salt. Okay, so we're going to, if you'll put our spices in the blender, along with the uh, two of the cloves of garlic. Mmm, I like garlic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Excellent. And then um, we're gonna add the water. Water is this is about a half a cup. I may okay. need a little more. We'll see. And then if you can do two tablespoons of oil, please. Okay. This is avocado oil that we're using today. That's right. Because it's good with high heat. Mm -hmm. So now we'll pop this on and blend it up. Okay, so what do we do next? So we'll go ahead and process the garbanzos and the lentils to make the, the actual meat portion. Okay. So these um, garbanzos and lentils will need to be soaked overnight, ideally for about 24 hours. Okay. You need two cups of garbanzos and one cup of the lentils. Okay. So we'll put those in and if Nico, if you'll just pulse it a few times, right? Excellent. 
Okay, so I think this is ready to go into the bowl. There you go, Nico. All right, so now I'm gonna dump this. You can see that it's crumbly. It still has some texture. It's not pulverized at all. Can you put a, a heaping tablespoon of the oat flour? Okay. okay. There we go. All right, so if you'll mix that up, and then if, you, um, if we'll bring back the adobo sauce, we'll also want to, at this point, add in the sauce. Okay, and just mix that in. Yeah, you want the sauce to evenly coat all of the garbanzos and the lentils. Okay, so this is ready to go on the stove now. So here we have our final product. We put our chorizo into some tortillas and we are ready for Taco Tuesday. Mm. So excited. And you can also use these uh, chorizo on top of pizza with some pineapple and, um, or, or anywhere you use meat crumbles, really. Like nachos. Yeah, too. nachos, yeah. That sounds so good. Now can we eat them? <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> Look like a pretty good recipe. So for a plant-based recipe, what do you think about that? It's amazing. I mean, like a lot of people, they say, uh, they say to me, you know, is plant-based just eating salads? Mm -hmm. and I think that really demonstrates that it's not. Uh, I mean, salads are part of it, but it's way more than that. You can be so creative mm -hmm. uh, with most cuisines out there and right. really create delicious, healthy food. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I find fascinating, we've been talking about Ellen White and what she says and how we can verify that from science. Let's look at another statement that she makes, and that is about timing. Um, in terms of uh, when we eat. So uh, just a, a statement I'm gonna read here. It says another pernicious habit or a harmful habit is that of eating just before bedtime. As a result of eating late suppers, the digestive process is continued through the sleeping hours, but though the stomach works constantly, its work is not properly accomplished. Here's another one. It says the practice of Eating only two meals a day is generally found to be beneficial to health. Yet under some circumstances, persons may require, if they're working really hard, I guess, a third meal. So now this seems to be quite counter to what a lot of people are living in our country here in Canada. Um, is she accurate here? Absolutely. I'm pretty sure a lot, some of your viewers at least have heard of intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the idea that you eat within a certain window of time yeah. and you fast mm -hmm. uh, the rest of the time. So you extend the fasting hours, you shorten the eating window. And when you look at the evidence, it's not just time-restricted feeding, mm -hmm. but it's also there's evidence for early time-restricted feeding. Okay, so like eat, early in the day? Exactly. So for example, they did a study, they, ate, uh, they got the subjects to eat at 8 to 2. So the last meal was at 2 p.m., right? Uh, versus another group that did 8 
to 8, mm -hmm. right? And the ones that did early time-restricted feeding, their blood sugar control was better, their weight control was better, they had improvements in their blood pressure. It's amazing how those studies are confirming what she's saying, because she promotes eating you know, two meals earlier in the day and not eating late at night like you just read, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people have to realize that um, our digestive system works on the circadian rhythm. So that is basically certain processes op uh, are optimized at night and toned down, kind of cool down at, during the day and then the reverse for other systems, right? So we know that the sleep-wake cycle operates on the circadian rhythm, but digestion as well operates on the circadian rhythm. So um, when we, and it's optimized for earlier feeding. So this is why when we eat early in the day, and not later in the day, our digestion is better, right? And people have to realize, like, um, peristalsis, which is how quickly the food moves along the digestive tract, that slows down at night. Mm -hmm. Now, she talks about um, snacking, not eating between meals, right? Mm -hmm. And that makes so much sense when you understand how digestion works because for the stomach to completely empty out its contents from a meal, it takes about five to six hours. Even from just uh, that perspective, it's amazing how this woman uh, her recommendations align with the way that basic, uh, basic human physiology works, you know. So, I, indeed, it's a good practice for you, people to eat and then wait about five or six hours, wait for the stomach to empty out before you put new food in. That's fascinating. So, we're going to just look at one more thing, one final thing before we let you go, and that is her point of view on caffeinated beverages and also alcohol. She wrote the following statement. She said, in relation to tea, coffee, tobacco and alcoholic drinks, the only safe course is to touch not, taste not, handle not. So this kind of goes counter to what the general view is to have something in moderation. For example, people are saying that as far as alcoholic beverages are concerned, that it's okay for men to have two drinks a day and women maybe one drink a day. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, she was very much against drinking alcohol and tea and uh, caffeinated beverages, like you say. So, you know, and it's true that uh, for many decades now, they've been saying moderate use of alcohol, right? And even they say that there's health benefits like for the heart, right? But you know, two uh, major papers came out in the Lancet Journal. So the Lancet is one of the world's most prestigious medical journals, right? And in 2018, two studies came out, which basically confirms what LMI wrote. So in April, they released a paper and in that paper, they looked at alcohol and its relation to cardiovascular disease. And what they found was that, indeed, alcohol use was associated with a 6% decreased risk in heart attack. So that seems like it's beneficial. However, it increased the risk of coronary artery disease by 6%, heart failure by 9%, stroke by 14%, fatal aortic aneurysm, that's like tears in the aorta, 15%, and fatal hypertensive disease by 24%. So the benefit was seen in heart attack, lowering the risk of heart attack, but for other things, it went up, you see? So, and it's interesting in that paper, they said, okay, we realized that having the recommended amounts, like two per day for men, one for women, they said that's too high. So they said, okay, is there a, a new recommendation that we can make? They said they, they could not find one. There was no threshold beyond which alcohol was, was healthy. 
So basically their conclusion was that the current recommendations are too high. That was their conclusion. In fact, they say the safest level is zero. That's the word that they use, zero. And um, so they recommend uh, changing the recommendations and promoting abstention. That's the word that they use, abstention, completely staying away from alcohol because mm -hmm. it is a carcinogen. It's a group one carcinogen that causes cancer. Mm -hmm. So they said that even though we found some benefits to the heart, when we look at everything else that mm -hmm. alcohol does, they said pretty much there's no safe level. Now regarding caffeinated beverages, uh, the science is mixed. So there's some science that does show that there might be health benefits, but there's also science that shows that it might not be helpful. So I encourage people just to stick with what we know is healthful, right? Instead of kind of gambling on your health, so. So for those who are, are viewing, um, what would you give them as a takeaway? Well, you know, um, when we were young, my, my mother was sick mm -hmm. and we encountered Seventh-day Adventists. We weren't Seventh-day Adventists at the time. Mm -hmm. And when they shared with her the principles from Ellen White's writing, she got better. Okay. You know, and so we started to follow it when we were about teenagers. We started to read some of her writings and we found it to be, to, to make sense. And so we started following it. And uh, I'm really grateful for that because the way that we were eating before, we would, uh, we would not be healthy today. So I want to just tell the viewers, you know, give her um, writings a chance. Mm -hmm. Go take a look. And I think you'll find that what, a lot of what she says it makes a lot of sense. And I can say that it is very credible. So perhaps some of our viewers now are interested in reading some of her writing. So where would you suggest that they start, Dr. Cho? The, there's, uh, her seminal writing on health was The Ministry of Healing. It's a book and people can get it online. And uh, it's, a, it's a very easy read, but I would start with that book. Also, another one that I liked was, it's called Councils on Diet and Foods. And that's basically a compilation. It's very uh, organized by subject. So it's a very easy way to kind of flip through and find out, like, just look at topics that you like. But I would, uh, that's very practical. And uh, so I would encourage those two books. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Dr. Cho, for coming in and sharing with us again what you have learned from your profession and very helpful for us. I wonder if you could close with a word of prayer for us. Sure, absolutely. Lord, I just thank you that many years ago, you, um, through your servant that came to our door, shared with my mother uh, the, the health principles um, through the writings of Ellen White. And our family is so blessed by it today. And Lord, I want to pray for those who are listening and viewing. If there are those who are sick, that they would also uh, read Ellen White's writings and that you would bless them, Lord, as they practice the things that they learn. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Dr. Thank Cho. You. Friends, today we want to give you one of the books that Dr. Cho mentioned. It is called The Ministry of Healing. And you are really going to love this book. And I know that I can recommend it because I have read it and I have learned from it multiple times. It has stood the test of time as a trusted source on holistic health and healing principles. Mm -hmm. So here is the information you will need to receive today's free offer, the Ministry of Healing. Friends, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook 
and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest exercise programs called Experiencing Life and also our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living. They're all there for you, free to watch whenever you choose because we want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.